Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Hooked on Sports. My name is John Flynn. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And look, we, we have things to get into today on on the pod. We've got a lot of NBA talk we got to get into. There's some baseball talk I want to sprinkle in here and there. And I also got to give you my uh, my official predictions for season number 20 of The Bachelorette, which premieres on Monday night at 9, 8 central on a, uh, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. central on ABC. So I'm going to give you my picks for who I think is going to make it far on Charity Lawson season of the bachelorette so we'll do that at the end of of the pod today so uh, a, a a lot of talk in, in this in the sports world uh, this past week and and, and it's a, it's late, late, later than usual for a podcast because i had other things to tend to but there was a lot of things that went down in the nba since the last time i talked to you right after the nuggets won their championship and and it, and it's really th- three three uh, three big um, areas uh, of of conversation. Um, n- number one is is the NBA draft because uh, the NBA draft took place uh, this past week, and I, I, what I found is that there were three big winners in, in my mind. There three teams uh, to me that uh, that, had, that were great uh, that uh, that nailed it. Number one, uh, the obvious, the San Antonio Spurs, because the the Spurs drafted Victor Wembanyama with number one overall pick in, in the in the NBA draft, and look, the the San Antonio Spurs have lucked out with with the draft lottery over over the course of the past forty years, and and the, the, their number one overall picks uh, prior to this were David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Um, and Duncan, one of the 15 to 20 greatest players in the history of the NBA, if not top 10. And, and David Robinson was a Hall of Famer that, that, that helped uh, the turnaround in San Antonio and he won a championship with them in 99. And, and, and now the Spurs uh, get, get Victor Wembanyama and, and Wembanyama and, and Greg Popovich. I mean, <laughs> good luck. Uh, the the uh, the San Antonio Spurs uh, the, that uh, they 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 were in in a period of losing which which is rare but uh, under Greg Popovich but that was the the, the nature of the talent and, and the nature of the NBA today and their and and how the stars um are try, are tried to go to places to get the most money so. Um, a huge deal in San Antonio that they got somebody who projects to be one of the 20 greatest players in the history of the NBA and 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 we'll see how quickly he develops some but but regardless this is um, something to monitor in the in the coming years and maybe the the upcoming decade or so 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 that that, that was number one number two is that the Miami Heat drafted Jaime Jaquez Jr. Uh, with with the 18th overall pick, and and, and I and I feel like this this is a great a, a great fit for um for the former UCLA product because 
I, I think the problem that Miami uh, ran into uh, in in the latter part of the Eastern Conference Finals was was the, the, their their lack of, of a uh, of a of, of a big body up front. Now, uh, ha- Haquez is six foot seven, so so it doesn't necessarily amount to uh, to, uh, to a big time center in the NBA, but but he he could help with the rebounds. I think uh, because he he averaged. Um, because uh, he he averaged eight point two rebounds per game uh, at, at UCLA last year, and and he, and he kept getting better and better at it as his collegiate career has gone on. And, and I think and I think in, in terms of what what he learned with Mark Few and and the and he was there when Mark Few uh, built uh, no um. It's you know I mean not not Mark Few that's Gonzaga what the the culture that Mick Cronin has built because that this is Mick Cronin's um um his fourth season uh with the with UCLA now he understands what it likes to uh, to be part of a winning culture and now now you have that with the Miami Heat and Eric Spolster and Pat Riley and Jimmy Butler and 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 Hawkes once said that his favorite basketball player. Growing up was Jimmy Butler, and and now here here's um, Jimmy Butler, the uh, the the big star for the Miami Heat, and, and now he is the uh, uh, the the um, 18th overall pick in the NBA draft. So I so I feel like the Heat uh, got a little bit better. Now the Heat are still looking for that the, for that star. M- m- maybe they go out and get someone like Damian Lillard. Maybe. Uh, uh, maybe they go uh, go go get someone on that on that court. So I I think if you're the Miami Heat, I think you got, you gotta feel very happy with what with with what Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra dialed up with the 18th overall pick for the defending Eastern Conference champions. And and, and lastly, I uh, is the Houston Rockets because there the, the, there were real concerns that. Uh, that th- that th- th- their their guys were not going to be available at at, at number four. Uh, w- w- the Rockets had the fourth overall pick um, I- I- in the in the NBA draft, and and they selected Amen Thompson from uh, from the o- overtime elite league, um, the, the the City Reapers, and uh, and and I think this is a tremendous uh, tremendous pick. I think. Uh, I think if you watch Thompson play, yeah, he he uh, he has that. So, uh, I mean, he he has that it factor to him. I mean, um, he has that um, uh, so that healthy John Wall um, ability because of his size and and defensive abilities and and and, there, and there's also uh, the on the court John Morant uh, comp- uh, comparisons uh, for him as well. So I think that the Rockets got a great fit there with the um, n- n- number four overall pick um, o- over there. And and th- and then there's Cam Whitmore who. Uh, was also uh, on the uh, on the on the conversation as well, but 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 um, but um he fell t- uh, to the twentieth overall pick and, and he's and he still got him there. So, uh, he had he he is com- compared to Miles Bridges, um in, 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 in and and Whitmore himself said that he, he thinks he, he's like another Miles Bridges. So what the Houston Rockets have done assembling uh, uh, some young talent 
over the last two or three years, and bringing in Ime Udoka to to coach up this team, I I, I think it's going to be a, spe- a special thing going forward. When, when when you look at it with the Houston Rockets and and someone who can coach up a culture and someone who can coach up uh, a, a, a coach up uh, guys that can so that that can be successful in, in the NBA. So so I think the Rockets are in for for a, a good a good long haul over there. So that's the NBA draft. Now, now th- there were three big trades uh, that went down. All of them featured the Washington Wizards, and and the, the Washington Wizards uh, continue to amaze me at how incompetent they are. F- first of all, uh, the, uh, the the Wizards dealt Bradley Beal to uh, the the Phoenix Suns uh, in, in a big trade that that went that went down on on Sunday. So. So the Phoenix Suns got got an outstanding uh a pickup and and an outstanding replacement um for for Chris Paul who was who was sent to Washington um in in the trade now I I, I could I could see why oh you could see uh why Washington did that because the the Wizards uh they prob they probably realized that they uh they were cooked with the John Wall era. About a, a couple of years too late, so I I, I and think that they're realizing now that they weren't going to get the ret- uh, that was the best chance to get uh, some type of good return for uh, for Bra- uh, for Bradley Beals. But but look, I think that's a tremendous trade for the Phoenix Suns because because Bradley Beal is an absolute star. He, uh, he he's he's uh, and, and he's been a thorn on a lot of people's sides late. In in basketball games, so, so um, I I think you know what he brings to the table, and and he is somebody that that has averaged more than twenty two and a half points per game in each of his last six seasons, including including one year before uh, the 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 year shortened by the pandemic, where he averaged thirty points a game. So the so, so the, the the injuries are a bit of an issue for for Bradley Beal, but but Beal is going to be thirty years old next year, and, and I think and and he has the the makings uh, uh in, in a in a lineup with Kevin Durant and and Devin Booker he uh, he uh, he is a uh, he's going to be as scary a, a number three player as there as there is in the NBA and. And I think if you are a fan of the, uh, of the Suns, I think you have to be really excited about that. And 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 the and the and the possible and, and the um and, and bringing in Frank Vogel to coach up the rest of the team uh, and bringing in a defensive um, perspective because because his defensive coaching was a big reason why. Uh, he he led the Lakers to a championship three years ago with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I I think this is a a great uh, call by the Phoenix Suns. And they they had they had to get something done. They 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 couldn't run it back with um with with Chris Paul as their number three player. As great as Chris Paul has been in his NBA career, so it, it's it's been it's been the uh, the problem with Chris Paul in the playoffs that that has doomed this Phoenix Suns team over the last two or three years. So. I thought that was a, a a a good needed trade for the Phoenix Suns. Then the, then the um uh, w- Wizards traded Kristaps Porzingis to the Boston Celtics in, in, in a three team trade that uh, that's that shipped Porzingis to Boston, Marcus Smart to uh to the Memphis Grizzlies, 
and and then they they uh, and then they um the 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 Grizzlies had a package that went back. It's that that included, uh, that that included the likes uh, of of Tyus Jones and and the and a second round pick and, and former Nugget Daniel Gallinari and among others. But I, I I thought that was a uh, that was a, a good trade by the Celtics because they 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 couldn't run it back with 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 the with the roster that they have and and they and they needed to make adjustments, but particularly when when it comes uh, to their defense and and given how the NBA has has gone back to to a league, a league where the big units uh, play a big role in this uh, in this league. I mean. If you look at the MVPs the last five years, it's been nothing but Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid, all all centers. So, so, so having another big man, I think will 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 take a little bit of pressure off of Al Horford. It will take a little bit of pressure off of Rob, Robert Williams Jr. So, so I I, I think uh, he he is going to be someone that uh, is going to help. And also, given that Horford is is thirty seven and. And and Williams uh, has had trouble staying on the court um, for for, um, uh, for for the for a while, but but I mean, but we'll we'll see what Brad Stevens uh, has up his sleeve because this is a very risky trade for for, for Boston, and I understand why I think uh, why they did that to, to shake things up, and, and so for now I'll say I like this trade, but. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to see how the uh, how how the Celtics have ma- manage Kristaps Porzingis and and if he can stay healthy too because Porzingis also has had injury problems. Th- then they go then the war then the uh, Warriors uh, jumped in to to the Washington fire sale by acquiring Chris Paul who who had just been acquired from um uh, from Phoenix in in the um, Bradley Beal trade. Chris Paul goes over to the Golden State Warriors in exchange for for, for Jordan Poole and, and some and some future first round picks. Now, I I, I like this for, I like this more if I'm Washington than I am Golden State. But but, but I I do I do get it from a Golden State perspective because uh, th- this is probably the last chance that the uh, Golden State Warriors, uh, as presently constructed, will have to win a cha- uh, to win a championship. Uh, when, when you look at Steph and Clay, we'll we'll see what happens with Draymond Green and the long term contract situation. So, but but Chris Paul is going to be uh, a number four player uh, on a roster for the first time, and, and and I think that I think that that's a really good spot for him as uh, for someone someone who who wants to win a championship. So, I think so. I think the Western Conference. I I think it's going is going to be. Are going to be loaded with with with, uh, with excellent teams next year. When when you look at the Denver Nuggets, who just won the NBA championship and have the best player in the conference in Nikola Jokic. When you have um, future, when you have probably four Hall of Famers in the starting lineup, um, all all of them past their primes of their careers. So. Um, I say I'm looking to win one more championship before they go out into the sunset. You gotta look at the Los Angeles Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and and maybe if they get off to a better start uh, with with Darvin Ham, maybe they'll, maybe their playoff seedings will be better. And then of course you gotta factor in the Phoenix Suns as well with well with with it, with everything uh, with it, that transpired with the. Um, 
with with the Mar with the Br Bradley Beal trade. So I I I, I think that that's a, a great a, a great look there. And then then you also gotta th gotta think about the Memphis Grizzlies. So uh, what 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 they're gonna do with with Marcus Smart and, and how he's gonna uh, and how he's gonna fit into the conversation there. But 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 we'll but now we'll stick with the Memphis Grizzlies for for a hot minute because um, because John Morant is going to miss the first twenty five games uh, of the season next year because of a suspension because of the uh, because of the situation in, involving um, involving the gun situation because it's the, it was the second time said that. Um, John Moran was seen displaying a gun while in a car, and and if I'm if I'm John Moran, you've got to feel lucky that the suspension was was nothing more than than 25 games. If if I was to the, the commissioner, I'd suspend him for 50 games or 50 to 82 games. So I I think that I think that that's a really bad sign to uh for uh, uh for, for, for anybody, especially. Uh, with with the, with the politics uh, of the NBA and the and the political ideology of the NBA and 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 how left leaning that they are that you you would expect it would be a lot more because because uh, if they're uh, if they're so concerned with gun control and and all of that that's then that that's a sign that's contradictory to what uh, to to what the politics of the NBA demand, and I and I uh, and I would have uh, disagreed uh, completely with that. I would have would have suspended him for a long a lot longer than that. But Adam Silver has always been a players' commissioner. Uh, he, he's he's always been leaning to the players. So so he he's been consistent with that. So uh, you, you 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 could say all, all you want. About that, with uh, with with those things in mind. Now, other things that went on. So, in, in terms of Major League Baseball, I think there are uh, three things that I I took away from the weekend in Major League Baseball. Number one is the is the series between the Reds and the Braves, and the the Reds had a twelve game winning streak snapped on Saturday by the Braves. Braves took two out of three. But but the Cincinnati Reds having one of the most feel good stories uh, in in baseball over the course of the season because look uh, last year we were talking about the Reds and the ownership and and all the bad vibes that that have been going on between the fans and the players but but the reality of the situation is that is is that the Cincinnati Reds keep finding ways to. Uh, to to win baseball games and Ellie De La Cruz, their their top prospect, ha, ha, has been nothing sh short of majestic d during during his brief three week big league career so far and 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 his highlights so far has been hitting for the cycle, uh on Friday in that wild eleven to ten victory over the Braves, and and, and the and the Reds have have a lot of things go, going on here with uh with 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 everything um. Uh, uh, be, be, being said here, because because you got great hitting, got Jonathan India, Nick Senzel making some great plays at 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 third base. Jonathan, um, we 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 mentioned India, the 
the the bullpen the back end of the bullpen has been great with Alexis Diaz being being the best closer with the National League so far this season, and 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 the and the Reds uh, have that feel of a team that that can that can um make a run and win the win the division. They do have the benefit of being in a, in a division with the underachieving Cubs, the spiraling out of control Pirates, the Cardinals being bad, so. There is a there is a huge opportunity uh, in front of the Reds right now to go go out there win win the division and guarantee themselves a a home playoff series in in the wild card round. That's that that should be the goal here when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds. So 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 how they'll be able to do it, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. But 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 the Braves went in and 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 knew they had they had a big fight up their uh, their sleeves. And and they and they found a way to uh to win win a series. Now they're fifty and twenty seven. They are the best team of the National League, best record in the National League, and and they they just have things going on in terms of their pitching, in terms of their bullpen. It 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 is just remarkable here when you when you look at it from a Atlanta Braves perspective. And and we'll see what happens when when Max Free comes back. They've been doing much of this without Free, so it's it's a credit to their offense. You look at. Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, Austin Riley, um, Ozzy Albies, Sean Murphy doing a great job behind the plate. So, so, and look, I, I, I said back in April, I even with the even when the Rays went on that streak, I still think the Braves are the best team in baseball. I still, uh, uh yeah, Tampa, Baltimore, Texas, they all, they all have their, uh, their cases, but the Atlanta Braves right now to me are the best team. In the National League, if not all of baseball, I I do also want want to discuss um the the Arizona Diamondbacks because the the, the Diamondbacks have something going on uh, as, as well here for um for for, for for the season because the Diamondbacks are are such a fun team to watch uh, because because with what 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 they've been able to do here they're 15 games over 500 Tori Lavello has done an outstanding job co- coaching this team up and 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 you and you have um a, a, a real legit MVP candidate at the age of 22 in Corbin Carroll 290 batting average 16 homers 23 stolen bases 20 doubles 80 hits 927 OPS, 151 OPS plus, and, and it's really been such, such a tremendous uh, uh, undertaking for what this Arizona Diamondbacks team has done over the last three years with with the rebuild and uh, and and, get, and getting the the requisite pieces to uh, to go out there and win and win games, and and it's a, such a uh, an awesome sight if you are. A fan of the D-backs. Now, the the the, the pitching is a little is a little thin. I think they're a little too top heavy when it comes to their pitching. So I mean, they have Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly. The the, the rest of the rotation has has been lacking uh, in 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 many respects. I know Zach Davies has not been uh, the the pitcher he once was. Ryan Nelson has been there. We still still want to see a little bit more from Tommy Henry, but. So, but but when you look at the bullpen and the closer by committee, that that's been out at, at, that's been uh, something fun to watch. But uh, but but right now, this Diamondbacks team is second in the National League in batting average, second in runs scored, second in OPS. Cattell Marte, Christian Walker, Geraldo Perdomo is having an outstanding uh, having an outstanding year playing shortstop. 
So I so it, it, I I really think this Diamondbacks team but uh, can, can can go out there and, and and go and go steal the division from the Dodgers and the underachieving Padres. And then there's the then there's the hot mess that is the New York Mets. And if if you are a Mets fan like me, you have to feel sick to your stomach watching uh, watching this team um uh, just seemingly find ways to lose games. But out of the 42 times Mets lost a game this year, I thought last night, uh, yesterday's game against the Phillies was was the most humiliating and the and the and the most terrific of them all, because Mets had a 6-3 lead going to the bottom of the eighth inning. The Mets had David Robertson and Adam Ottavino who both pitched the day prior, and 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 and, and, and neither one of them was used. But so then you have Josh Walker uh, giving up uh, two walks and a single. And then, uh, then Jeff Brigham um, hits a couple of batters with the bases loaded to uh, to, to score two runs. Then Brett Brady uh, commits a costly error, uh, a double play. Uh, he had a, a clean double play ball, and he and he and he had a and he didn't get get a throw out of it. So uh, so everything with with the Mets has been unsound. Uh, which is stunning compared to uh, what it was last year when when just when everything was going right for these New York Mets in the in the first five months of the season. So yeah, you, so you 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 can dis- uh, but you can all do, do blame a lot of things. Uh, but I think the number one culprit of them all is Billy Epler and and Steve Cohen has done a, a lot of great things for for this New York Mets team. His biggest mistake, however, has been the hiring of Billy Epler and. Billy Epler uh, had the benefit of Trout and Otani uh, during his tenure as Angels GM, and not once did the Angels go to the playoffs. and And he, he left behind a uh, left behind an organization that was deprived of 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 pitching depth and and deprived of, of actual pitching. and And Perry Manasian has done an outstanding job over the last three years to try trying to uh, try turn back the damage left behind by the. Uh, the, the, the damage left behind by Billy Epler. So, so that that that's going to be this maybe the similar bow here for for the Mets if if they if they don't make a change uh, with, with with Billy Epler here. So, and so so that 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 was wild. But 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 yesterday was also all, all, all on Buck Showalter and and Buck Showalter, who I think is as good a bullpen manager as any in baseball. He he tried to uh, to avoid using Adam Ottavino and and David Robertson, and he came back to. To to uh to back uh, backfire in a in a in a big time way, and 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 every Mets fan he, uh, it has to be sick to their stomach over that this this uh this uh, horrendously underachieving Mets team and 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 all of that and so that that so that is a a a, t- a tough pill to swallow if you are a fan of the Mets. And, and and look where the Mets are. They're 15 games behind the Braves in the division. They are uh, and the the Phillies have been playing much better. And look, that that was that was a series where the Mets would have won two out of three from from the Phillies. It would have given all of them the momentum they needed going into their series starting tonight with Milwaukee. So so everything has just been a, a complete and utter disaster here when it comes to uh, comes to the Mets. But but. But Billy Epler has done a terrible job, and and he knew that he had, he had a he had a he had a tremendous undertaking, in basically uh basically starting a bullpen from scratch because of of free of free agents and trades and all that, 
So, uh, and, and he fell way short of, of that. And and even with Edwin Diaz um, not not getting hurt in the World Baseball Classic, it would have been a trim. That they were still short two to three arms, and 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 they have and, and instead they fielded out three uh, three believers who did not belong in the major leagues, but were in the big leagues because of injuries and because of suspect and because of other things. Uh, going on here with uh, pertaining to the Mets, so that was a complete and utter disaster here for the Mets. Now, the the last thing I I I need to discuss, and I I mentioned, uh, I mentioned the in the first part that uh, the Bachelorette is back and. Um, and I said it was tomorrow night. Well, so I, I recorded that part of the podcast yeah yesterday, so the so the premiere is actually tonight. So I'm so what I'm what I do on uh, for uh, for each is to give you my official predictions for um for a season of uh, of of the Bachelorette. So I'm gonna give you. My, my 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 final four picks and who I think will receive. Um, Charity's final rose. So, so, so the first of the final four I have is Aaron B, who's a 29 years old, a software salesman from San Diego, California. He, because uh, he he taught himself how to play multiple instruments, and 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 he he says he's uh, a former football player who's finally ready to uh, find his perfect match, and and I, and I think uh, there, there's going to be something with uh, with Charity. Um, uh, after a long-term relationship he had didn't work out, so I could see Aaron B getting um a, a, a again a potential home hometown uh, a a trip to San Diego for, for charity and and in this hometown. Uh, I I'm uh, the the second one I have is Joey, a 27 year old tennis pro from Hawaii, and 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 he and he is a is a. And he is a um, outgoing, friendly, loyal, according to his Bachelor at ABC uh, um, profile, and lo- looking for a partner who can share in his love for adventure. We 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 saw that a little bit from Charity uh, during her one-on-one with the sack in Estonia. So, uh, so so I think uh, that that could be a potential of for 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 Charity. I also have Josh in my final four. Uh, Josh, um, twenty years old, Harvard grad student from uh, from Bethlehem, P- uh, Pennsylvania, which is, uh, uh, which is a little bit between Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Philadelphia, and uh, and, he, and profile says to call Josh selfless would be an understatement. Yeah, he uh, he he's happiest when knowing that I've made someone else's day better, and and I I think that would make a someone like him uh, uh be, being a grad student and charity was what was just that uh, uh in in georgia before going on the bachelor with zach so i think uh so i think josh is is someone who i think is going to be uh, in 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 the running here for um so for that but 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 the person i have receiving charity's final rose is 27-year-old bio, biomedical scientist Xavier from Carborough, North Carolina, and uh, six foot six, um, 
uh, parents have been happily married for 30 years. So I think that's going to be a big plus for Char or for Char uh, for Charity if he if if, the, if he gets a hometown day. But uh, but I I I think is uh in in an incredible match. I in my opinion for for Charity. So we're we're going to see what's going on. The premiere is tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on ABC. So I'm gonna get. So those are official, uh, a, a hooked on sports tradition, even though it's not a reality TV thing. But some, uh, but but I digress. So uh, so chair so her season begins tonight. Uh, it's, and we're, and we're looking forward to seeing uh, also what the ratings are gonna be like with the writers' strike going on and, and, and no and no new content. So with with that in mind, uh, my, uh, we're we're going to put a bow wrap on today's podcast, and we'll be back here on the podcast next week. So uh, so until then, this is John Flynn saying so long, and I'll be back on the podcast then. So long, everybody.